A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Continuing to tell the stories that are behind the success of some of our Wisconsin farm families, their farms, their homesteads, selling, celebrating more than 100 years in the family, and some fortunate to be in the family for more than 150 years. Today, we travel down to Rock County and the area right around Janesville, where Brad Mayer and his family are celebrating, have celebrated, and are likely to continue to celebrate having their farm in the family for more than 100 years. Brad says that it kind of started back in 1914, his grandparents working in on shares with the previous owner to get things going. Tell me how big the original farm was, Brad, and kind of what they were doing uh, with those uh, fellow landowners. Well, it was 160 acres um, originally, and the... (laughs) They ran the farm on shares. I uh, don't exactly know how they yeah. shares were split or anything, but uh, they were able to uh, save enough money to get a $10,000 down payment on the 160 acres by uh, 1921 and actually purchase the farm on March in March of 1921. Do you know where your grandparents originally came from, Brad? Uh, my grandfather immigrated here from... I believe it was Austria or Germany, one of the two. I do have his naturalization papers here. Um, When he became a U.S. citizen, I believe in 1933 or 34. Okay. Uh, My grandmother, they met in Chicago. That's where she lived at the time, but I believe her family immigrated immigrated from the same area over in Europe. Sure, sure. A lot of folks. We're getting that from a lot of folks through Ellis Island and then to the upper Midwest. Now, the farm yeah. has had an opportunity to exp- expand since back in 1914. Tell me about that. Yes, about mid the mid-50s, uh, they were able to purchase an adjacent 80 acres on the east side of the farm. So they were able to expand to 240 acres, and that's currently what we what we operate here. Well, and you said they they started off, your grandparents, when they were on their own, pretty diversified, as were many farms back then. Tell me what you know about that. Um, well, they they had uh, cows, dairy cows. They milked anywhere from 25 to 35 head of cows. Uh, had a small feral to finish. Hog operation, chickens, geese, um, ducks. Uh, they they usually planted 40 acres of corn, 40 acres of barley or oats, mm-hmm. had some alfalfa, and then obviously pasture for the cows and the hogs. And they always planted uh, around three or four acres of tobacco, and sure. I believe my mo- mother told me seven to eight, eight acres of potatoes as well. Yep, that sounds about right. Now, you were mentioning to me off-air that uh, you have had a chance to get the family together and celebrate the milestones on the farm back in 2014 and, uh, and just recently, what kinds of stories were people sharing? Anybody uh, have a, anything fun or any remembrances of their own being around the farm? Um, really, there's only two that are left of the uh, of my grandparents' family. That's my mother and uh, her youngest sister. Uh, my mom's 89, and uh, what we did for this last party was we had her write down a number of things that she could think of from the 
passed, and we put those out on the tables as we call them farm facts, and let everybody take a look at those. Um, do you rem- do you recall any yourself? That's the kind of stuff that seems to really uh, have have tell the story behind the scenes of trying to make uh, 240 acres, which is pretty sizable for the time. 240 acres work. Well, they used to butcher their own pigs, made liver sausage. They rendered the lard on a wood-burning cook stove. There was no electricity until the mid-40s. One of uh, her sisters always helped with that. And then they uh, smoked the bacon in a ham in a freestanding smokehouse, and then the meat was canned or salted. Yep, that sounds pretty typical. Did they make any mention about how life changed when when electricity did finally show up? Well, actually, uh, no, they didn't, but they didn't have running water in the house until uh, 1969. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather died in 1968, and, and after that, they they put in the renovated the house and put in plumbing and uh, modernized the electricity and and so on. Um, and that's about the time I started uh, spending quite a bit of time out here. So. Sure. What do you remember then, Brad, about being a kid around the farm? I mean, maybe it was a new building that got struck. Maybe it was a new piece of equipment. I mean, people have to understand that those are kind of considered milestones for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember the first uh, um, self-propelled combine that my uncle bought. Um, it was an Oliver. Uh, I don't remember the number, but it had three-row corn head on it and and that was the first time, our first opportunity we had to start shelling corn here. Otherwise, it was uh, ear corn with a two-row new idea picker. Sure, yeah. Put it in the corn cribs and and so on. Uh, the other thing I remember is I I'm from town, so I didn't actually grow up on the farm, but I spent a lot of time out here. Every Saturday morning, um, when I was a kid, we had to clean hog pens. <laughs> And that and that wasn't with a skid steer or or any mechanized equipment. That was uh, yep. your arms, your back, and your pitchfork. <laughs> a lot of so, lot of stories like that that people have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you made your stripes for sure. Then tell me how you transitioned then onto the farm, Brad. Well, in uh, I said my grandfather died in 1968. My grandmother died in 1977, and she was very adamant that she wanted the farm to stay in the family. I had an uncle named Ferdinand that uh, lived here all his life, born and raised here. I don't believe he ever got any farther out the farm than Milwaukee or Chicago, and that was to haul hogs or or cattle to market. Um, In 2000, he was getting up in years and health was starting to fail a little bit, and he asked my wife and I to become operating partners here, and I jumped on it because I always wanted to farm. Um, and then in 2004, May, I believe it was, he passed away, and my wife and I took over in August of 2004. 
And and it's kind of interesting. Again, Brad Mayer along with us. He is in Rock County, one of the Century Farm honorees that uh, is telling the story about his family stretching back to 1914, beginning just outside of Janesville. And like we said, uh, it's funny how uh, history repeats itself. Your grandparents focused in on diversification on the farm, and it sounds like your wife and you are doing some of the same, but including that direct marketing option. Correct. Uh, we... I uh, don't don't have any dairy or anything. I've got a beef feedlot, and we feed out fifty to sixty head of cattle each year. We do get uh, um, feeder pigs in the summer and get those fed out by uh, the end of November. We've developed a database of one hundred and fifty customers. I'm sorry, one hundred and forty customers uh, that we've sold to over the last ten, twelve years. Um, so they can fill their freezers, and we continue to do that. Um, we started last year uh, selling pork and beef bundles out of the freezer due to the uh, meat shortages that happened mm-hmm. from the pandemic, and that's been pretty successful too. So, yeah, that I gotta believe. Uh, even if those people knew you before, I bet the relationship meant a whole lot more to them during the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We had people that, um, friends that, uh, in their, um, couples, uh, kids are gone. Uh, they don't need a lot of, uh, beef or pork, but they like to get it off the farm versus the grocery store. And so that, uh, that helped us get the bundle mm-hmm. program started. Did you hear any interesting stories during the pandemic about being able to go direct to the farm for that, Brad? Um, no, uh, we, we have, uh, we've have, uh, had a number of people tell us that the, the quality of the meat that they get have gotten from us is light years ahead of what they've mm-hmm. purchased in the grocery store. Well, that's so. good. That's good. Now you were mentioning they do have a Facebook page. If you want to take a look, maybe at some of the pictures or posts, if you go to Facebook and look for Emerald Acres, grain and livestock you should be able to find a a little bit more there and that leads me to the next generation you said your son currently helping you with some of the direct marketing tasks uh is he looking forward to or is there someone looking forward to taking the baton so to speak brad well we hope that's the case um i've got three sons uh and one of them has a Somewhat of an agricultural background, he worked in egg or corn research for seven years, so he he is very interested in agriculture, and we hope, you know, at some point, one of the three of them would uh, be willing to take over the farm. I guess I'm going to have the same uh, advice to them as my grandmother had to my uncle, that uh, they need to do whatever they can to keep the farm and the family, so... Well, we're hearing that commitment from a lot of folks. Congratulations. Brad Mayer, Mayer, along with us from Rock County, again, like he said, uh, stretching back to 1914 when his grandparents started farming in shares uh, before they were able to attain the original 160 acres, ultimately growing, growing the farm just outside of Janesville to about 240 acres, where Brad and his family are currently farming today. Another one of those wonderful century sesquicentennial farms we're celebrating in 2021, courtesy of Compure Financial.